Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Bald Move Television Podcast. We're the officially unofficial podcast for all of television. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. And this week, we might be living up to that title. I can't imagine doing more television in a single podcast. We're going to be talking about the Umbrella Academy, a complete series wrap. We're going to be talking about this giant beast that is the global economy. We're going to be talking about Documentary Now, which just debuted season 59, 57. <laughs> On IFC and the documentary Lorena, which was on, uh, came out last week on Amazon Prime. Which we 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 actually talked about Beast or uh, Umbrella and Lorena. Mm-hmm. We're now having our second takes on that. So that's the order we're going to uh, discuss. If you want, we're going to talk about um, probably Umbrella. Completely spoilery because we did like the initial yeah. toe in the water last week. So. From here on out, it's probably going to be spoilery. If you want to hop around to avoid spoilers for the stuff that you're personally interested in, there will be time codes posted in the body of this here show notes. Uh, Let's get it on. The Umbrella Academy. We were cautiously optimistic slash excited last week. We Mm -hmm. have since seen the entire series, Jim, uh, which actually surprised me. I was not sure you would make it through a particular event that almost made I, me shut the damn thing off. I'm super curious to hear what event you describe as the that moment because there were some events that almost made me shut it off, but I don't think based on like the brief discussion we had before this that they're the same ones that okay. you saw. So, let's talk about the things that we that we like about the show. Okay. I thought the the characters and the base plotting were both interesting and appealing. Like, I thought the way these guys' powers kind of, like, worked were interesting and a nice little spin on things. I thought that um, the, like, it was, this, this, and many people made this this comparison, but this is, has as much in common with the house on Haunting Hill as it does the X-Men. Okay. Because you've got, like, gener- you know, a trauma from childhood and how it plays out in adulthood. Um, you've, you've literally got haunting of ghosts from the past. Uh, and you're, it's all set around this big imposing mansion. And in a similar way, I really like seeing like the kids and like little vignettes of their lives of these, like these weird offshoot X-Men and then how they grew up and over time, how the kids abandoned their father's mission and, and how, what that yeah. meant and how that all, and, and all the problems they had as private citizens. I, I thought all that stuff was al- almost flawless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the relationship with the father as they unfolded that a lot more, um, I really enjoyed that. You know, to kind of kind of seeing why they might abandon his mission, right? Like mm-hmm. he's kind of an asshole. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought a lot of that stuff was good. I love the style of this show. Um, they they the characters like you mentioned are really strong. My favorite maybe being Klaus. Like Klaus was awesome. He's crazy but in all the right ways like Very there's funny. one standout scene to me where the two uh time travelers have him hostage and they're choking the life out of him uh-huh. and they're waterboarding him and he's like getting off on it uh, like, oh, don't yeah. stop i'm almost there <laughs> right you know the thing is is like i that scene there, there's lots of way that scene couldn't work but they did such a great job of kind of like showcasing what a degenerate this character was and right. I, I say that in the most loving way possible uh that you would actually believe that he would react this way under very intense torture from these yeah psych- i i truly believe that he does not value his life at all right um he's 
you know, he's he's a drug addict. Uh, he's been abused by his father basically his entire life. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why he just doesn't give a shit whether he lives or dies. And mm-hmm. that, you know, he's kind of a freak, too. Like, he just likes these weird things. Yeah. Uh, not to shame anybody who likes that stuff, but, you know, he he's on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you're also, in breath play. You're 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 pretty far into the <laughs> right. into the the boundaries of safe and consensual. <laughs> yeah, when you're getting to the edge of safety. Uh, yeah. But then there's another scene too that I really loved, and it's kind of after they establish. Okay, he goes back in time for a year, and he kind of gets accidentally enlisted in the front lines of the Vietnam War. Right. And, and then he comes back, and he's like trying to save uh, the big hairy beast guy. I can't uh, Luther. Luther, yeah. Um, he's try- He's like at a rave, and he's trying to save him, and he's crawling on the floor to get to his drugs, and it's uh, kind of flashing back to the Vietnam yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. And that's what I mean when I say I love the style. It's like they really go for stuff that just you wouldn't think to connect the dots on, but yeah. then it just works when they do it. No, throwing him back in Vietnam and ha- giving him a love story and a story of loss, <laughs> right. like, yeah. sobered that character the fuck up in all possible ways. Yeah. And really, I thought was uh, one of the, 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 the pieces of plotting that, that really worked um, and made him, yeah, like one of my, one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that if you do like the look and aesthetic and kind of feel of this movie or the show, you've, you, you, would be well uh, advised to at least try uh, um, Legion, which is the Noah right. Hall. Like this guy is kind of like Noah, one of Noah Hawley's lieutenants, the guy who ran the show. And the season two of Legion is, I think, a better version of what this show essentially is offering. Um, oh, okay. So, what else do we like about? I thought that this this balanced uh, action and humor, and uh, this is all bound up in its style, the way they could go like kind of ultra serious and then kind of like silly and crazy. And they could do big dance numbers and yeah. scenes of horrific violence set to like up tempo pop sh- uh, cover or pop songs. I thought all that stuff really worked well. Uh, yeah, I did, too. I, I think the one exception I have, and it's only from a personal perspective, is like. If you're going to do Don't Stop Me Now by Queen, uh, you got to fucking up your game because I've seen Shaun of the Dead <laughs> and there is no movie that uses that song better than Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, and it certainly doesn't use it better here, although I-, I did enjoy a lot of those pop songs where they were simply, you know, they, they do a lot of, what is it, di- didactic, di- yeah. the- <laughs> diabetes uh, <laughs> music where it's kind of in the scene and, you know, people are listening oh, yeah, to it on yeah, headphones yeah. or there's yeah. radio going and like... It's a didactic? Didactic? Something like that, yeah. And and everybody kind of in the house can artificially hear it and yeah. is like dancing to it at the same yeah. time. And yeah. yeah, that stuff's really cool, you know? I also liked how they showed like how Five got lost in the future and what a great scene that is because yeah. it's like... It's like, um, you know, it, it reminded me of like a little kid that runs in traffic because they don't listen to their... And, and you know, one out of nine times... Or like one... One out of a hundred times that kid gets run over. Most of the time it's fine and that's how you learn. Like, oh shit, like, mm. you know, a car screeching to a halt in front of you. Hey, this isn't just a game. But like when you're jumping into the future and you're a, you're like a nine-year-old kid and you jump and then your block is destroyed. And now you can't, yeah. for whatever reason, you, you, you know, you did the kid thing where you went too far. And there's been, and now how, who is going to find you? Like... That his lonely growing up in this apocalyptic wasteland, I thought was a really awesome idea. Yeah. Uh, and it it's couched in, there's some shit in here that shouldn't work, but they somehow managed to pull it off. I mentioned, you know, that Vietnam drug scene, but mm-hmm. then 
there's a stuff with five where he is like in love with this mannequin like that was yeah. his only companion through the apocalypse it's kind of like wilson only you lived an entire lifetime and it's a female so right, there's a sexual right, component fair. to the relationship yeah uh but then it it carries over into the world uh the the past world that he goes back to yeah. uh it shouldn't work it should have me going oh my god this is so dumb but somehow it does and i think some of that time travel story really helps like yeah the the idea that you know he's coming back he's seen the end of the world he kind of has some clues as to how it may happen uh i don't know how he calculates his formulas on who's the the most probable to cause the the apocalypse yeah. but yeah you know, I'm willing to hand wave that, I guess. I mean, he's got like he the thing is is the character that this is a kid that looks like he's like 13 maybe. Yeah. But he's got the body, he's got the mind of like a a brilliant 58-year-old. And how that kid I I thought he I thought he was fucking amazing. Yeah, that actor is doing a really good job. But that guy's got a swagger that is absolute like like he's got the swagger of a 40-year-old Leonardo DiCaprio. Dude, I was watching this show uh-huh and i kept forgetting that this is not a 58 year old man in a 13 year old's yeah. body and he's dressed in a schoolboy uniform with knicker yeah. socks and all the like it's <laughs> it's crazy he's, yeah. he's crazy good in this it's like you know this, it's, he, and you never stop and think like why at some point did he not go and get himself a nice suit or yeah. like a different change of clothes except for he, i don't he just doesn't care he's got like, bigger fish to fry he's been his first first eight in the 12 years or so living underneath some fucking tyrant uh, he spent the next 48 years living in an apocalyptic wasteland, and then he was a uh, a, a human assassin for God knows how long, some time-traveling, space-time-warping assassin for who knows how long. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought that was another great character. Um, did you think that Hazel and Cha-Cha were too much, maybe? Borderline. Borderline, borderline, though. but they never quite crossed over to too much for me. Did you know Cha Cha was Mary J. Blige? Yeah, yeah, I found that out during my haircut the other day. <laughs> I thought, I thought she because my stylist is watching it too. I realized that, like, I think the within the first episode that she was on, but I'm like, is that uh, Mary J? Oh my god, that's Mary J. Blige. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, and I enjoyed like uh, Hazel's relationship with the donut lady. Um, there's a lot again. There's there's a lot here to like. Mm -hmm. uh, can we? Do you think it's time to pivot to some of the things that kind of bothered us late in the, the season? Yeah, this is not a perfect show for me. I think there's not, there wasn't a lot for me to like about the finale. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like, okay, okay, before although we get to the in finale, retrospect, because I, I want to talk about the mid-season. Okay, yeah, yeah, if you got stuff before then. Because there's this time travel show, and they did the thing that I think is so destructive in a time travel show, where you got, I think it was on episode six, at the end of that, five jumped back three days in the past and literally right. the last two or three episodes in their entirety was erased which hats off to netflix to find a way to pad an episode a season a season with three episodes and not have <laughs> it feel like it because i and, yeah. and it's like halfway through the next episode i'd forgotten how p pissed off i was about it but then the last two or three episodes i thought had some problems too so let's talk did you not did you were not because i thought that's where you would stop you're like, you know, no, I thought you'd kind I of guess... be hanging by a thread, superhero fatigue. Some of this stuff is too wild and out there. And then they just erased the last three episodes. Yeah, I guess I wasn't hanging by a thread at that point. Mm. Um, I, I was kind of all in to to the story. And when I, I look at it and I say, OK, 
there's a time travel story. Inevitably, they're going to play with the idea of time travel. I'm kind of in on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I will say that that spurred a moment in the series that was maybe my most eye-rolly moment up until the finale, uh, where the lady who got full-on, it looks like took a grenade to the chin, to, to the head region, simply comes back. Yeah. Out of nowhere to, to stop an action from happening and reproposition five. It's like, A, I think this is incredibly stupid from a sort of deus ex machina kind of thing. You mm. looked like you were blown up. Yes, we didn't see you get blown up, but a hand grenade landed at your feet. Uh, how did you how did you avoid that? Uh, but B, also, like, they... <laughs> the, she comes back, and she stops, like, this big act that's in progress, and then propositions him to come back to whatever the time management force is, right? Working management this time. Go to the white-collar side of the... I don't know why anybody, and I thought they were going to play with this, but I don't know why anybody on any side of this equation trusts anybody. Like, you can make this proposition, but you have to have a bigger plan in mind. Yeah, like, both both of them should know that they're going in thinking that they're going to... Looking to fuck each other, yeah. Like, like, I am going to screw you first opportunity I get, and you're going to try and do that to me. I actually think that's there on a screen. They just did a bad job telling it. But she... so five is definitely there for that purpose. Yeah, she does not seem to be. She seems to be like, well, we're we're just going to go well, back to this arrangement him. because I, we. I, I think that it, like him doing this like primo job of taking care of whatever the temporal thing was like uh-huh. proved his loyalty somehow. But like, yeah, but, no, it but was she thin. was too quick. To, I'm playing to devil's trust. advocate. It's definitely like it yeah. should have been more. Uh, he should not have been allowed so easily to send those fake messages. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I couldn't um, agree more. Actually, that was the biggest uh, eye roll. Moment her coming for me. back to life is not a problem because, like, I do think in this universe where you can transplant a human head onto a gorilla body that you could do probably. <laughs> and there's, I think they're implying alien technology involved. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say that the univ- any universe that plays around the idea that death is not a constant has to really bake that in and has to explain what are the stakes because. I think I had a much bigger problem with uh, the rumor getting her throat slit by the fucking violin. Dude, they refuse to kill anybody in this show. And, and then they come back and they say, like, oh, they just missed a carotid artery. Man, look. Yeah. You slit someone's throat ear to ear and they're just like five gallons of blood under and they and they you come and someone's like lifeless at the end of an episode. They're dead. They're dead unless you just want me to think yeah. that death is a joke and then the show is a radically different type of show. It, it turns into like a a different kind of dark comedy because there's a lot of dark comedy kind of aspects to this anyway. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that they and maybe this is a flaw of the original source material. But yeah, I I have no idea. Like, I think I think Pogo's dead. Who fucking knows? But I've seen somebody get their throat slit and right. live. I've seen I saw someone eat a chest get and burnt out and then come back as a gorilla man. Like, yeah. Um, what did you think about the reveal of uh, Luther being a gorilla man? Uh, that was, that was kind of fine. Yeah. That was, that was okay. Yeah. I like the design of Luther, like the way, uh, <laughs> I like that they mistook him for a furry, <laughs> just a real big furry. That's pretty funny. I, I feel like that it didn't read to me like he was in a gorilla body though. I thought it was like more of a chimpanzee body. I don't. Okay. Uh, I feel like it should have been like hairier and bulkier, even though it's like super bulky for a person. Also, uh, like Luther's superpower is he's super strong, but he felt like he got his ass kicked all the time. I don't understand how little wharf syndrome there. 
uh, it's not Cha Cha. What is it? Hazel. Hazel. I don't understand how Hazel was able to beat his ass. Yeah, they're like because some... Hazel isn't super powered, as far as I can tell. He simply tra- time travels. Yeah, but they make it seem like they're like these like super powerful yeah, killers. But make it didn't. Any sense. Yeah, like I thought that like Luther should have like handed them their ass, and they should have gotten away. But they like, should be smarter. They should they should be yeah. able to use the briefcase to do more. They should be smarter than yes. the the heroes. Yeah, that's the only way they can beat like them, the, not the, with strength. The time traveling marksman crafty guy should not be able to beat the other dude strongman in no. a in a head-on fist fight like it's it felt weird to me yeah i'm honestly super torn and we haven't talked about the worst of it in my opinion but no. i'm super torn on this show i love the style i love the characters for the most part um the the way they're telling the story is really is really good uh-huh i i can we talk about the finale yeah because this is maybe my biggest part because uh, the I, show that I didn't like the mystery of the apocalypse and all that stuff. Like I was pretty invested. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm enjoying that. I like actually, the turn where Ellen Page becomes the bad guy. That's okay. That all right, I just want I want to find out where it starts to go wrong. Uh, it starts to go wrong right after that when, when, when she decides I am now the world ending bad guy. However. You know, I committed to this music thing, and yes. I really like playing the violin, and I yes. think, like, I got this concert tonight. Maybe I should just go play. Yeah. You know, I, I'll kill some people, and I'll blow some shit up on my way there with my lightning right. fingers, but right. or my violin bow, or whatever the fuck she's using, uh-huh. but I'm going to go to this concert, and I'm going to do a damn bang-up job playing uh, Str- Stratovsky's 19th. I don't uh-huh. fucking know. <laughs> uh-huh. But it was so stupid. Why would a world-ending villain bother with a fucking violin on a stage well so i think there are a couple things here number oh, yeah. one the design of ellen page's super villain was bad and not not because i thought it was a bad look but when they put those ridiculous white iris contacts it was like kryptonite for her acting and I've heard that it's hard to act through those thick like artificial contacts and like um even like Emil clark um like they originally shot the pilot with her in like purple contacts and it was like really distracting and mm, right. like it was hard for Game like and and I felt like when Ellen Page like walked through the mansion like like revisiting her past and then blowing it all up she who I thought was doing a really good job up until that point like it just did something where I was not connecting to anything that she was doing. And every single time she went to that white iris look it was bad. And then when she just turned like ghost white at the end uh, like I'm just like I had I just thought it was a bad it's a bad hokey design and this this show had such great style and great design that I was let down that that's what they how they decided to envision her. Yeah, I, I don't understand how any of that works. Like, so but, her, but yeah, her clothes turn white. I was saying like with me and Cecily when we were watching this, I'm like, what was it like when? she was in the musician locker room and everyone's <laughs> showing up. up and she's got these ghost white eyes and like she's got energy aura coming from her and you and you know this is her you, first you night know, to- you know vanya we all agreed to wear black tonight yes. like this, this is the uniform just your because, first just your first chair just but because that your you first can't chair. stand out that much like and you know that as a first chair she'd have all kinds of people visiting her and wishing oh, her yeah. well and like breaking her leg and she's just sitting there like Thank you. You know, like, (laughs) it's ridiculous. It's so fucking stupid. It's ridiculous. It's it's like if the fly, 
At the end, uh, Jeff Goldman at the end of the fly just showed up to research the next day. Right. Nobody said a damn word. You know, hey, and, Gary, and, a, he's throwing up on his cafeteria food and slurping so, it up, and everybody's like, hey, what's going on? How's the how's the molecular transportation going? Like, <laughs> come on. It's great, Jeff. It's great. Like, you usually comment when someone comes in, looks like they're hungover. Yeah, you come Someone comes yeah. in looking like a world-ending supervillain. Shooting, shooting energy from their bow... Like, this is the most fucked up part, is that this... I I don't know what kind of shit that this orchestra has seen in the past. Uh It must be some fucked up world-ending shit. Because when she starts... Like, when she's being attacked by the the other group of the family... Right. uh, They're trying to stop her from ending the world. Dumbest plan ever. She's playing the violin, and then when they Uh get close... She flings this bow, the the bow at them, Knocks and these the guys in orbit. Just yeah, shoots everybody. The crowd starts right. crowd, freaking out yeah, and yeah, running. Yeah, yeah. The orchestra stays still, continues playing yeah. until gunfire starts. Yeah, because the gunfire is the weirdest thing they've seen today. Man, I don't. I feel the like fuck? some of this was visualized differently in the comic books, or maybe it just worked. But yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> also, how lame is it that their their arch plan was to bum rush her from uh-huh. both sides of the stage, and then their arch plan when the time travel dudes came up was to bum rush her from four sides of the stage, and for and him to these... to bum rush like forty feet out and like to to teleport to forty yes, feet out, and, and then a... human bum rush. And her. I'm like, well, wait a second, he's going to arrive there first, and then he actually appeared like twenty feet from her, so he could run in with everybody else. Like so stupid. He should appear behind her yeah. after everybody else has already run in, like. Yeah. Alex did i it, it's just like uh, it's I a felt clusterfuck at the end they I really the the la- the ending had to be a rush job like it looked bad yeah. it was plotted poorly and it, then you had two two you two people the supervillain and klaus who both kind of just discover their powers they've they've somehow unlocked their powers at the very yeah. end i didn't mind because klaus they so needed much. to yeah. for the plot like yeah. it's that yeah it's like, like i get klaus look he's off drugs now that has been the thing that's suppressing him right like, it made sense and, and Vanya know. was like pushed to it by her boyfriend who like I kind of that was kind of neat. Like and I said, her family, it's really yeah, the can... last beat of the plot that that I, I'm just like, wow. Yeah, everything else was awesome. And then I feel like they fucked the end up and then they're going to reset it at the end. You know, I mean, I I guess I enjoyed and I, I kind of figured that like everything that they would do would all be for naught because it would essentially just usher in the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, that's how these stories tend to go with but I wonder I, I mean like is is Vanya going to be like a Magneto character coming forward is the is know. the dad actually dead because I think they implied that he's an alien the dad is an alien like didn't like where when he was like his dead his wife was dying and he let those sparks out which I think Cecily made this connection but I think those are you're supposed to understand those are the 47 babies that were born on Earth, and then like you see in the background, there's all these rocket ships, rocket ships, all these <laughs> rocket ships taking off from like I, I, it felt like a Krypton thing. Like this planet's dying, so is she. I must not have been paying attention during that scene. Yeah, there's I don't this, remember that. There's this, yeah. So I think they imply that he's like some kind of like last Kryptonian come to Earth. Okay, which explains his advanced technology huh. and like you know, I don't know. The other thing is, I kept on like, waiting for other. They made a big deal of, like, there's a 47 children, and he made, they got seven. Like, I was looking for the other 40 or 39 or whatever, and... Yeah, I said last week I thought that one of those other yeah. those other kids would be the cause of the apocalypse, but... Yeah, no, it was... like it, it was, was Combo, of... Leonard, and right. Vanya. Yeah, it's too bad. I feel like another couple of weeks in a writer's room, and they get that done, or maybe a little bit more budget. Or maybe uh, Allison is the cause of the apocalypse? I don't know. Who's more to blame here? 
I feel like Allison. Question. I mean, what's his fuck? Uh, 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 Italian man. <laughs> Italian American man. Uh, you know, her boyfriend. The manipulator. Oh, Leonard? Leonard. Leonard's the one that's most to blame for the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Even that was a little stretching the, the coincidences involved for him to be the guy that he is that gets possession of this journal that has the and he instantly sees yeah. how he can exploit it and i i thought that was a little little much too it's a bit but of a stretch it's but... fine i mean it's it that's not the thing like if it was the like the only thing then this was yeah uh what's your excitement level for like season two did it like the... so i feel like this was a good stage setting for for season two yeah um if we can get more of five kind of you know rewinding maybe taking a few more shots figuring out how i mean a groundhog day kind of thing right mm. like why couldn't it be that huh i guess i would like to see it go the the plot move forward and like um like vanya become a magneto figure that's always kind of looming in the background and maybe five having to also fight off this interdimensional agency which i don't think is going to go away anytime soon um i think there will be that in it but i yeah. got i got the impression that they're gonna give it another shot because yeah. when, when five takes everybody out on his magical mystery tour i mm-hmm. uh at the end when the the lunar collapse is happening jesus yeah oh that's right because it's like they still have to they got unfinished business yeah i mean because if they jump if they just jump like in space i mean the apocalypse still happened right so they can't jump forward. The apocalypse has happened, so they need to jump back. Do you think that this means also, is it uh, possible that the father sent uh, Luther to the moon for actual, since the moon was uh, instrumental to yeah. the apocalypse? I think you'll find out that, that, that he, although, man, uh, the father for being a smart and a seemingly empathetic super genius really had did a shitty job raising these kids. For sure. Like, I mean, he almost causes the problem of needing to kill himself to get these kids back together. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Why weren't you just a better father who made this more of a team and a family? That felt a little bit wild, too. Yeah. Like if you because the thing is, like when they the, the scene that you apparently uh, were were uh, not paying attention to, they established him as like really loving this woman. And she had this like prize violin that he then gives to Vanya yes, later. I remember on. that. Okay. Um, like, I don't, I don't see, like, I, I guess lo- your entire planet dying and losing the love of your life could certainly change a person. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, how, how many years before the kids do you think that was? Like, I don't know. Cause again, if he's an alien, be was he day. like aging in realistic time or was he, cause he came, I, I guess if he came, he, he looked like he was in his thirties and he came to America in like the what thirties mm-hmm. too. Probably. Yeah. So he would be a super old guy, I guess, but not like, no, nah, he'd be really old, like 120. Cause the, the other thing that I thought they did a poor job in is they, they did that thing like they do on Legion where it's kind of timeless. Yeah. It's very hard. There's not cell phones and the cars are kind of like old timey and the, the fashion is kind of like timeless, but then they said it, they, they make it a point that they set it into 2019. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I felt like they should have maybe not done that and then they could have played around. But I, I don't know how much of this stuff is handicapped from the source material. Although honestly, I don't think that's a great excuse when you're adapt when you're adapting. That's one of your chief challenges. Smooth. Yeah. Accentuate your strengths and, and, and minimize your weaknesses. So overall, I thought it was good and yeah. I'm excited for season two. So. I mean, it's a hell of a lot better than Star Trek, the next generation season one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah. 
Hey, before we get further in this discussion, I want to talk about some housekeeping. First up, next week, we are closing out True Detective, or at least the, the season itself, with the finale episode of True Detective that we'll be covering on Tuesday. We also on Bald Move TV. We'll probably be talking more about this uh, giant beast that is the global economy, uh, since that's something of personal interest to Jim and I. And we also will be looking Monday to see what is coming out next week. And so we'll probably have some first looks also on Friday. Uh, we had a lot of bald movies this week. We started off with the 2006 German film, The Lives of Others, which is a commissioned podcast. It's a really awesome film about life in East Germany in the 1980s. We also reviewed Roma, which is an Oscar-nominated film for this year, and we were kind of mixed on. Uh, you can check out that review if you'd like. Uh, we will probably have a movie podcast next week, but I'm not sure what it's going to be, so I don't want to talk about it. Um, finally, we will. We got re, uh, all of the stuff we needed recorded for our left uh, our wrap up podcast for uh, our 24 hour Star Wars marathon. We just did the benefit the National Alliance uh, to end homelessness. I will be editing that and it'll be released next week. So if you've been uh, curious about how that all shaked out and kind of want to relive it with us and to get some more information about the National Alliance, tune in to that. That's going to be on the Bald Movies feed, and that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing this week and next. Uh, all right, we said we we're going to talk about this giant beast that is the global economy. But we lied. We're not talking about it. No, we are. <laughs> we've seen the first two episodes. So we've seen 25% uh-huh. of the thesis of Cal uh, Pin. Uh-huh. Who Harold might... uh, from... Or, <laughs> sorry, no, Kumar from uh, Harold and Kumar. Go to White Castles, which well, comes up. Go to White Castle... Uh, I think Big big Top, Harold and Kumar. All Harold right. and Kumar's Big Adventure. <laughs> Um, no, I, I forget the other names, but they did a couple of couple three of those. Yeah, yeah, made some. He probably made some decent stoner stoner cash from. That. Oh yeah, and oh, now yeah. he's trying to. I mean, I thought this was essentially kind of like like a like the bald move thesis that I, I think we've been broadly talking about for some time now, Jim. Like this is late. Like these first two episodes kind of lay out a lot of the stuff economically that we've been okay. preaching for some time in a very. There's a couple times where I thought, like, I wonder if they're going for too broad on the humor here. But, like, I thought the the, the worst offender is maybe the one with uh, the dude from Community, Jeff Winger from Community. Joel McHale, yeah. Joel McHale. But, like, it's not bad. It wasn't bad. Uh, I would say the the skits that they do are probably my least favorite part of that. Like, the Thomas Middleditch one, I, I don't know that I liked that one. That was probably my least favorite, actually. They take away they they don't take anything away, but they don't really bring anything to the table and it makes they they do a good I, I guess what they're trying to do there is analogize for people who may not quite understand the concept when it's just laid out in front of them in technical terms. Yeah. Or in or in like hushed whispers almost like yeah. it, it, there is a frankness in this show with yeah. which they talk about these subjects. But also I feel like people can't say everything and especially like Cal, he He's both surprised by how willing they are to talk about it, sure. but also maybe a little too reserved mm. in his willingness to talk about this thing, or or he acts like he's shocked. What I, what I feel like it should have been is more like let's have a discussion about this without the yeah sort of played up for TV aspect of it. I just think that people don't like. Yeah, you know, we were just saying this week. I was ranting about how no no one. Uh, no one really talks about the Panama Papers. I didn't even know what the Panama Papers were. Okay, so now you do. You you said it the other week, and then when they said it on the show, I was like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah. 
but like now I know what he was talking about. It's a shit show. Like it's yeah. it's it's one. It's like you know, like I think a lot of people defend like you know, like a billionaire like Jeff Bezos. Well, go look at him. He's built something from nothing, and like Elon Musk, he founded PayPal and he they, built they, that body from they, nothing. They, they, let they me built, tell you, they built these things. <laughs> and they but when so many of the billionaires on this planet are literal criminals. Yeah, that are moving the wealth of nations here and there, and like, I, like I didn't even know how bad some of the shit was in Cyprus. That, I mean, it's like yeah, up until 2013 when it all changed. I'm sure. Yeah, it's uh, okay. So the, the thesis of this is it tries to tell you like the things are actually happening in the economy. Like, like it, like forget the stuff you learned in econ in high school where it's just you know capital, and which is I think right. it's funny that like I was formally taught capitalism in high school. I was not taught anything else about any other possible economic system or really the drawbacks of it or anything like that. But there's like a lot of problems where with with poor regulation and like that the, the, these these powerful moneyed interests have essentially encaptured entire economies and countries and built bent them to the will of laundering money. And like you like, I think they even said siphoning money out of one country into another. It is. And I've seen so like there's this huge economic boom after World War Two. That the United States went through. And like mm-hmm. I don't think that will ever be repeated again. Hopefully, there'll never be a time where the rest of the world lies in ruins except for the United States and we can just loan money and make like hopefully there won't be uh, a, we could probably make that happen if I, we, wanted we could, to. but yeah. let's not. <laughs> okay. um, but also when that happened, the tax rates were set to where like that wealth built America, built yeah. interstate highway systems, bridges, parks. Uh, public works, transportation systems, airports, li- like it, we got a lot from it. And then we had a recession and then we had a lar- another large boom in the 90s and 2000s where automation like mm-hmm. flipped the pro like increased the productivity by hundreds of percent. Yet workers rate wages at the same time raised five percent. And we're still experiencing that. There was the bubble that burst in around 2000. Right. But, but everything after that has been recovery and then expansion on that automation concept so unlike that post-world war ii boom which was shared with all of the americas this this post tech boom has essentially been stolen Mm -hmm. has essentially been stolen and concentrated by people and like it's what 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 i'm coming to understand is like what's going on in russia is even worse where you've got a handful a few dozen people who are like steal like russia is extremely rich in terms of like uh, population and productivity and natural, natural resources, resources. Yep. and all of those things are being stolen by a few dozen people and are using governments that they essentially have bought and owned to yeah. move this money around to where it's fine like they're they're like completely they're and everybody's like legitimate in on it so business nobody can get caught yeah that, right. that's the thing like i the, the the thing that i love about this show um the best part of it in my opinion is that it is kind of like you 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 talked about, you know, the things you learn in economics class. Well, this is sort of the street smarts of economics, right? Mm-hmm. This is like the the loopholes that they won't teach you in school. And it's laid out in a very plain manner. And I like how in that first episode, he kind of goes through the process of laundering money. Yeah. Like it, it's not something that you, that not anyone can understand, you know, it's, they don't have some special magic understanding of the way that the global economy works through years of insight. It's simply they grease the right palms, they know the right people, they do these very drop-dead simple things. Yeah. 
And it's all it's all perpetuated on the back of dishonesty and and greed. And they do like I know you didn't like the Thomas Middleditch um, analogy, but it it is like we have we have uh, we have. And here's the thing. It could be that tightly a well-regulated capitalist economy, like with set up properly with with a strong state. Like, I don't know exactly how far left we need to go with our economics. Like, this is still something I'm like learning for myself. Um, it could be that like a very strong market based economy for, uh, you know, goods and, and, and services with a very strong social safety net is the best of both worlds. But I know yeah. what the thing the thing that we actually have worldwide right now is total horseshit. And and I think that they, they've done this trick where they've taken like middle class people and they, they they got them on the side of like these billionaires. And again, when I say billionaires, I'm not just talking about Bezos and Musk. Which there's things you can quibble about them and and the Buffets and Gates. I, I, I'm talking about these these uh, these these uh, you know uh, Middle Eastern guys who are stealing 51 percent of everything foreign right. investment coming in. I'm talking about in these Dubai, Russian yeah. oligarchs. I'm talking about the criminals that we have in this country that we are finding out have been you know facilitating this for this whole time. And I keep on mm-hmm. wondering. I mean this 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 shows why we've got a problem. The United States and all of the Western powers hound the Pirate Bay relentlessly. Mm-hmm. These people cannot keep a proxy online for 24 hours. Like they like like they pursue these copyrights with like the the wrath of God. But these tax havens and paradises, why are they not hounded to the same degree? Cuz the people who would hound them are using them. <laughs> Yes, and not only that but like cuz billionaires don't give a shit about downloading stuff from the Pirate Bay. Right. They give a shit about right. pocketing more money. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, um, and honestly, that's the problem I have with like a lot of our leadership in this country is even the side that I most closely identify with currently, the Democrats, a lot of them had. I got to wonder why so few people talk about this part of the income equality. Like they're they'll, they're yeah. more than happy to talk about trans rights gay rights minority rights uh uh-huh. robert Mueller. you want you want to you want to go on msnbc and, and hear robert Mueller? they'll they'll from seven o'clock to midnight they will break that down in detail who is talking about this yeah it's because those <laughs> those interests are honestly none of their concern like who it doesn't affect their bottom line if those people get arrested and right. like and even when it comes to like someone like donald trump right like yeah. he is a he is a lone businessman in a world of a system that sort of rejects him uh-huh. in general. Uh, if he gets taken down by the Mueller stuff, like uh-huh. you can just point to Donald Trump and say, there's your bad apple. Right. Like exactly. we got rid of it. The bushel's yep. safe. Yep. No more problems. People yep. where like if it was someone who's more inside the institutions, then you start to see the cracks in the general system. Right. Yeah, like, no. It's this, oh well if this person could do it then why isn't everybody doing it yes. and if they if they could they probably are and what's right. our system you know right. people start to question larger ideas and they're doing these like these super criminals are doing this thing where they're like shutting the door like if jim and i want to start laundering money in the hundred thousand million dollars at a time like it's very hard to do that because yeah. they have really slammed the door on but but these guys on the next level where they actually own the banks and countries and financial institutions and stuff they're like oh my god the bailout in Cyprus the bail in the bail in which I couldn't believe how fucked up I, and that's the that thing was. is and and like everyone says lip service is like we solved all this problem and right. on the surface it everything is legitimate because if someone comes now because 
Uh, it's like this show does so many things where like I think that there's like probably less than 5% of Americans even know what the hell like rent seeking is and why yeah. that's so corrosive to a capitalist society. I didn't know the term. I understood the concept. Right. Of but like, just essentially protecting your advantages. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like you, I've made my money and I no longer want to compete because it's hard yeah. and someone could come and take everything. I know I'll build fences around this and I'll have yep. lip service to come, but it's all going to be collusion. It's all going to be monopolies and oligarchies. And we're going to, and this one guy had a very funny, thing he said if you want to know where the rent seekers are find the industries where you everyone fucking hates <laughs> right and it is it's like the cable companies internet airlines, providers yeah. airlines uh cell phone companies like these people that have like uh and then like the entire country of dubai seems like it's entirely settled set around you know uh bringing people in and then fucking them and exploiting it's like it's like some kind of ponzi scheme on a civilizational scale and sometimes we can like I don't know if it's just a case of overreaching and these companies get too greedy or too protective of their advantages. But like you think about the phone companies, right? There was an era where we right. said enough is enough. Fuck you guys. We're breaking you up. We're making this a, a utility, a public utility that we actually have to, you know, maintain some regulation over. Mm -hmm. uh, and there has to be competition. We haven't done that with cell phones yet. Right. Which is pretty fucked up because that is absolutely like if you think that we should have done that with mm -hmm. like the the Ma Bells and shit. Right. But you don't think we should do it with Verizon. What the fuck and is your argument? We're the only country in the world what that the really fuck does is it. Your argument? Yeah, there isn't. It's like, well, these guys need money. They 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 essentially yeah. they essentially won a lottery when they bid on bandwidth like 30 uh -huh. years ago. Like spec I cannot. I literally cannot go start a cell phone company. It's right. impossible for me. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to license the band. So what you would have to do is is buy bandwidth from Verizon. Yeah. You'd have to go to AT and T or Verizon. I would have to charge more than they charge, right? Uh, which would make me immediately non -com non competitive, right? Uh, and my business would go bankrupt. And somehow there are niche phone companies that are able to like you know, kind but even of, they like prey on people they with prey poor, on credit poor credit. And, credit and, like, and yeah, it's a, it's it's a fucked up system. Yeah, yeah. And that's that the thing, like, stuff is I think fucked. I wish that everyone on both sides of the aisle, so to speak, could agree on, look, you can be a capitalist, you can be a socialist, you can be a libertarian, you can be a social democrat, but this corruption, this, this like stacking the deck, this, this rent seeking shit, this, this, if you're capitalist, you should be more mad about this than I am. Like to me, this is just like, well, this is just yet another problem with this fucking thing. But if you're like a dyed in the wool, like Adam Smith uh, wealth of nations type of fucking uh, capitalist, then this is what fucks the system up. This is what keeps it from working. So why is it being, why is it being allowed? And then here's because the thing, the like people with the money. Well, it's funny because like, did you, did you hear the news clip that went viral with the Dutch historian that like blew up Tucker Smith on a, on a, on a, on a uh, unaired I, segment? I saw a headline. I didn't read it. All right. So this guy, like he went on, um, he went on, uh, uh, Tucker Carlson's show because he went to like Axios or something like that. And he said like in the middle of this thing on, on global warming, he essentially said, all this shit you guys are talking about is dumb. It's like it's all taxes. It's taxes, taxes, taxes. If you're yeah. not talking about taxes, then you are not giving a shit about, you know, climate and you're not shit. So Tucker Carlson loves to have this guy and he's like, oh, I want to talk about the hypocrisy of these elites, you know, talking about global warming and flying there. This guy flipped a script on him and said, you know, 
it is all he brought about the taxes and said and also the reason that you are too happy to talk about all these irrelevant like social issues but you never talk about the economy is because you yourself tucker are a millionaire representing billionaires and you sit on the cato board and like fucking tucker went ballistic and like swore the guy and this interview had never gotten out except for the dutch guy had his friend record the studio monitor as it was happening and then they leaked it and and here's the thing the guy he said later on twitter is like it's not like tucker carlson was bought it's like the Koch brothers gives him a briefcase as a million dollars and says, don't talk about the, dang, the, the, the yeah. bad shit. What they do is it's they the find a dumb fuck like Tucker Carlson, uh, and they're like, look at this guy. He believes the way we want people to believe. Let's platform the fuck out of him. And it's the same thing, like, honestly, Rachel Maddow. Yeah. I think it's the same yeah, thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, she'll she'll go. She she hates Trump, and she supports the rule of law, and she's all about Robert Mueller, and she's about... but. That's how, like, again, like Jim says, like, if Mueller brings down Trump or if he doesn't bring Trump, it's that's not going to fix the problem. No. What's going to fix the problem is and it sounds like the, these problems are fixable. I I, I think so. Yeah. I like mean, with, you, with the right legislation. Absolutely. If the United States went after countries that are these tax paradises and tax havens as much as they went after, like, people that shared files and like if that was as big a priority I don't understand how, like, sanctions and, you know, uh, uh, if, if the entire West got and just started, like, sanctioning these countries, the Cayman Islands and the Cypresses and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons the Russians are so fucking mad about these uh, sanctions is because they can spend their money in shithole places of the world, but they can't spend their money in, like, respectable places of the world because we won't let them. And yeah. they're working like hell to release that. So because they want to resume buying up large parts of New York and L.A. and Seattle and hiding all their money. <laughs> I mean, yeah. China's doing that right now. And, and like, fun places to live, you know, not yeah. Estonia. And like, yeah, and that's just to me that's like these solutions are out here. But like people are distracted with stuff that's important. It's super important. Uh, like these social yeah. issues are very important. But goddamn. No, I I. That that second episode is probably the better of the two because money laundering. Honestly, I feel like money laundering is less of a concern than the rent seeking rent seeking stuff. Yeah, uh, because that's the the first is clearly criminal. We just yeah. don't and we selectively enforce it. The second is that's just how you. That's how that's yeah. a smart way to do business. Uh, I mean, the second is well within the laws. Like you want to pay a billion dollars to a, a senator as part of your lobbying campaign. Yeah. You can fucking do it because the law says you can. Right. Yeah. Like I that's the shit that's more nefarious to yeah. me. Dark money, um, you know, wanting to protect your competitive advantages rather than innovate and compete. And they contrast this like the dot you know, it's a funny example, the Doc Johnson dildo guy. But it's like, you know, I think yeah. like uh I'd probably still be some sort of Republican if all the business people in the world ran their place like that guy does. Because I wouldn't. I mean, be... it's the way we try and run our shit here. Yeah, like treat people fairly. Yeah, whether that's your customers, whether that's your employees. Lot of sustainable growth. Don't yeah. try to risk the farm on anything. Like you know, try to take care of the people to take care of you. Try to do the right thing. You know, yep. and you're not you're not encouraged to do that by the system that we have set up. You now could. Let, let me ask you: Is that only because we don't have a bunch of money, and we would become instant assholes? 
if we had a bunch of money. <laughs> well, see, that's the that's hilarious. That's thing. how they start the thesis off. Well, they also that's a good way to dismiss like a person. Like, um, let's say that I was bored, like I was a trust fund kid, and I get on a podcast because I've I've got a platform and I've paid for it, and I start saying, uh, you know, billionaire class are all criminals, and we need people would be like, well. If you really think that, you should give all your money away and be. And if you're not, you're a fucking hypocrite. And if I'm a poor person saying this, well, you're just jealous. So like, right. who gets to who gets to lobby these accurate and devastating attacks on the system? If not, only if, if the, the rich can't do class. it, and the poor can't do it. The 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 all but eliminated middle class in this country, can. right? Yeah, right. Because they're in that sweet spot, right? <laughs> Where they're not rich enough and not poor enough, right? Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I. So, man, this episode, the second episode, did no favors to uh, Chuck Chuck V, G- Gary V, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, I think is how you say it. Because he, he had this book when he, when he was first becoming a thing. Like, I knew about his wine uh, store that he got from his dad and mm-hmm. made it into an online business. But he's got this book called Crushing It, or Crush It, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you hear his slogan in the show. But... I read that book and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, this guy is talking about hustling. This guy is talking about how you get a business off the ground, just effective marketing, those kind of things, breaking the mold. I get that. That all makes sense to me. But man, watching this asshole talk on this show made me do a complete 180 on the dude. I think he's an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a lot. It's like, that's the thing is like, it's not. Uh, so they say like one out of hundred average worldwide people are psychopaths and in yeah. CEOs, it's like four uh, out of a hundred or something, four or five out of a hundred, which isn't, I mean, that's actually like a 400% increase, but it's not, that doesn't mean that every CEO is a no. psychopath, right? but you don't need that many psychopaths to just completely rough run roughshod a, a, over your competition and completely dominate for like, sure. Again, like if Michael Jordan was famous for tripping people in clutch moments uh-huh. instead of like dunking on them, would we really celebrate him? No, we wouldn't. And I, I think but, that but that's if where we didn't that, see him tripping, if it came out like 50 years after he died, right, that would, oh, Michael Jordan was tripping everybody. It would damage his legacy. It would. Then. Yeah. But, but it would it be too late to matter. But for some reason, I don't know why. But for some reason, we went for in this country from like, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a beautiful or what? It's a wonderful life uh, to this shit where it's like if yeah. you avoid taxes, if you find a way to trip the other guy, uh, maybe it's legal. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a great. Maybe the lawyers get it tied up until it doesn't matter until you buy the guy out and it all goes away. Like, why do we celebrate that? I don't. It's cheating. But a lot of people do. Yeah, it's cheating. And it's it's. So here, here's the thing, the, the, the hard thing to deny, and I, and I guess the reason I like this, uh, this hot dog skit mm. that they do, the hard thing to deny is that assholes competing against each other still have to compete. Yeah. And, and you can't always do that simply by being a bigger asshole and muscling the other guy out. You have to kind of give a customer something that they want in order right. to bring them to you. Right. Uh, and I... I think that like capitalism with restraints serves a huge purpose in our society because if you don't have that, uh, that system where you're pitting assholes against each other to please a customer, yes, then you kind of just have the assholes running rampant, right? Doing things that the customers fucking hate, but they're monopolies and that you have no options like that restaurant skit, uh, that sort of thing. Right. But our system kind of has the worst of both worlds. It's got that competitive thing, but also the, the walled, 
garden, like protecting of your advantages, rent seeking stuff too. And we're unwilling to regulate that out of the system. Cause right. that's the thing you could regulate that out of the system. We just refuse to do so because we champion this idea. And I think the people who champion it most are the people who are exploiting it most. Right. Uh, so when somebody tells, comes up to you and says capitalism without restraint is an amazing thing that, uh, keeps, you know, innovation and growth alive. And it's the only force for that. They're, they're selling you a bill of goods. Mm -hmm. They're selling you on their vision, on their, uh, essentially their profit. Like you're buying into giving them more money is what you're doing. Uh, there, there is a balance somewhere with capitalism, I think. But like in that, 2019, that anyone that's still saying we need to deregulate and reduce uh, oversight and reduce, they're they they're, they're, are they're full of shit and they're selling you a bill of goods. They're either brainwashing you or they're one of the brainwashed. Like it's 100. percent There is yes. no. We are so. Like, and again, I wasn't alive and, and and active in the 70s. Maybe things. There's a yin and yang. Maybe maybe things did get so overwrought and overboard and 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 uh, like uh, government was way too up businesses ass and it caused. I don't know. I suspect these fuckers took a natural downturn in the economy that I've been through like three of my lifetime and just made it seem like the world was fucking ending and used that to beat all of the progressives into essentially uh non-existence over the next 30 years but maybe maybe i'm just saying that the pendulum is so far swung over into free-for-all wolf of wall street land yeah. that we got to swing it back the other way it's the most important thing yeah uh so and i'm hoping that the next what you said this is there's six more of these six more i'm hoping I looked the next at the, six will build on a general thesis it looks like it and yeah. i built i looked ahead and see like they're they're talking they're going into automation and like okay. uh, what ai is going to do to our economy interested in that because like there's the thing it's gonna Here, fuck that, everybody that's what i keep saying like this is already bleak enough yeah when you stack on like what's going to happen Dude. in 30 years when the entire transportation industry is automated <laughs> and then you throw on top of that uh i read an article that warming. pepsi is 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 aggressively automating their factories sure like yeah you're millions and millions of people are going to be out of jobs right with no prospect in the future because the jobs simply don't exist anymore right yeah because they didn't, the companies... they didn't go to mexico they didn't go to china there's no way to bring them back they're right. just done by robots which yeah. should be the beginning of a fucking utopia it should be in a fair system it's the beginning of utopia in the current system it's the beginning of the billionaires utopia and billionaires might be too soft a word trillionaires yeah i mean we're I mean, gonna see trillionaires here's the thing we popping up left and right i don't think we know how rich some of these fuckers are yeah that's fair like you got 12 people that have siphoned off let's say 50 percent of the gdp of the russians in the last 15 years how rich can they be like i've seen like vladimir putin's war, like supposed to be worth 250 like billion dollars or something like that what if he's yeah. worth like three trillion and no one knows it's probably more likely that that's true than not probably <laughs> yeah we've probably had our first trillionaire that we just don't know about yet yeah. because it's all dark money mm-hmm. because like they're like the ceo of 15 different cypress banks and it's it's but it's like if you want to get and, and I, I hope people take this anger and I, I hope this like pivots into something that where like we can start having like because re- right now we just live in this like fucking hell world where Everyone kind of knows this, but no one really talks about it. And certainly the politicians don't. It's not something that gets banged on a drum on. It's it's like and this guy, this guy, like cut his teeth in like uh, comedy political coverage. Like, it's like, why is it that the why is it that we have to have the John Oliver's and the Calpins and these guys doing this? What, where are all of our serious fucking journalists? 
Yeah. I'll be. You know who I'm looking forward to him talking to is Robert Reich. Mm. Um, he's a guy I've seen on uh, Bill Maher's show a few times. And he, he was... Uh, I think he was an economic advisor under Bill Clinton, yeah. and he quit because Bill wouldn't listen to his fucking advice <laughs> yeah. on, on regulation and shit. Right. Uh, well, yeah. I'm really looking forward to hearing that guy talk, because I, I watched something recently with him, and he seems like a really smart, uh, good-hearted person who's working very fucking hard yeah. to change the current economic situation. Uh, so I'm playing this game... Uh, on my computer currently called Factorio, which is oh, sort yeah. of an, seen, an automation of based mm-hmm. thing. Uh, the, the focus is very much automation and yeah. like setting up, you know, small pieces to eventually create this just huge system of of cogs and gears and wheels and mm-hmm. belts. And uh, I couldn't help but get in that mindset when I see things like this this uh, Cyprian buy in mm-hmm. thing or bail in thing happening, mm-hmm. like. I'm looking at it and going, okay, these these drug lords, these shady businessmen have built over the course of 20 years a business that is so big that what is the next fucking step? The next fucking step is to take a series of businesses and a series of real estate investments and smaller investments in these companies and just fucking buy a country. Mm-hmm. Just fucking buy it from the yeah. inside out. And, like, I couldn't help but think, like, just how... Just how logical of a leap that is for these people, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you've conquered everything else, mm-hmm. and if there was another fucking planet to conquer, if mm-hmm. we discovered another alien society, you can bet that the race would be the first one to right. fiscally dominate those fuckers, right? right like, right. you, you like them. to think it wouldn't, but I don't no, think it's we're, gotta be. we're we're evolved enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was because I was thinking of like it seems like there's so easy ways like. If you take dirty money and buy real estate and wait five years and sell it, like, shouldn't there be some kind of blockchain on real estate where you can, you can, like, you see the last purchases into infinity and can see, like, who, like, you would think so, yeah. With computers, there's a way. Trace that money back to its, to its uh, initial entry into the real estate market and go, what the fuck? Yeah. And I think also that, like, this is why I also, like, you know, I think that it's inevitable that we'll be some sort of one world government eventually. And it's going to like that. That's, I think, going to be the ultimate answer, because I think these guys are going to make off. Like you said, they're going to buy a country and they're going to amass all this wealth where no one can really touch them. Yeah. And the only way to win is like if the whole world unites against them and like takes it back by force. It treats them like the hostile power that they are, honestly. Like if someone came to you, like if, if like yeah. like this is a Bond fucking plot. Someone literally like 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 fucking uh, uh, gold member came to the Fort Knox and stole <laughs> trillions of dollars of gold and then made off. Like we would go get that guy, right? Yeah. But when they do it with money transfers and ones and zeros, it's okay. It's because everybody's making money. Everybody's making yeah, and it's money. right because like, like the, the the whole world standard is like the like. Even on top of this giant kleptocracy that we've been running the last 30 years, average world standards is going up. So life's is getting better. It's just not as good as it could be. Yeah, no, I I mostly agree with that. Certainly in in maybe until recent memory, I think things were starting to turn. Uh-huh. The worm's starting to turn on that. Um, but I, I would also say, like, th- more specifically, the people who would have the impetus or the power to actually prosecute these people and bring that that system that shady system down are benefiting just as much as anybody else right like yeah. okay so they're not at the top of that chain but they're the 
they're the person in Dubai, the native in Dubai, who's getting fifty one percent of mm-hmm. of a business for doing fucking nothing. Nothing, they're getting, literally. They're nothing. getting their fees for simply looking the other way. Right. While while legislation is drafted to help a billionaire make a you know an extra couple billion next year. Right. They're they're complicit in the system. It's benefiting them. What incentive do they have to take that system down? None. None. I, I think Until they they're that, given an outside incentive. At the end of the episode, they they imply that even under this bullshit version of of, of uh, uh, black market capitalism, that this can go for a certain amount of time until mm-hmm. the rent like because like the reason capitalism works is because it spurs innovation it spurs efficiency rent seeking does the opposite so eventually you yeah. become bloated and corrupt and unable to do anything and your economy starts to recede despite like you you they're like it's like a vampire right. that's that's ran out of blood and you know you're not you're not you don't have a life of your own that you can generate you're just sucking from everything and eventually you suck it dry and then like cause yeah. even dubai is like oh well maybe we're gonna do, we're gonna do away on this forty nine fifty one split but like how, i bet i bet we hear mass riots when they start pushing this stuff through some of these middle eastern countries that that their economies all revolve around dude i middle middle eastern let's talk about fucking america okay let's do Cause it that is what's going to happen here there right. is no change until like i said you're given an external reason right. to change the fucking system that you're benefiting off of mm-hmm. and it has to be a damn powerful reason i honestly think that this country is going to come to a civil war either again uh-huh. e- either over the economic standards or over just and and these two things are so intricately tied together. The people with the money interests yeah. are pitting us against each other yes. as citizens, yes. dividing us so they can fucking conquer us. Right. Uh, th- it's either going to be some political civil uh, civil war against like citizens versus citizens, or this is going to be the citizenry versus the corporate powers mm-hmm. of this country. I honestly feel in the next twenty years that shit is going to happen. Hmm. And there's almost no way to avoid it at this point. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's going to be like like uh, like the Arab Arab Spring, where it's going to be just like millions of people general striking. Like, what if every blue collar worker just stopped showing up to work? Because, but but, but things like have to get so dude, fucking I just bad saw for High that. Flying Bird. It's it's right. Look look, they have the money. They yeah. have the resources to wait every single one of you fuckers out. Yeah 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 yeah. Like you're never going to make it as hard for them as they can make it for you. Yeah. The system is rigged. It's fucking rigged, and I don't think but there's, there's so any way many around. more of us than them. That, that like that's right, the thing. Exactly. That that's like I think we have that the numbers, but we, we do have the numbers, and we do have on on paper the political power. And I think the we're problem just, being they're dividing us as we speak, right? As we fucking speak. Don't think that Donald Trump getting up on the fucking mic for his State of the Union, uh-huh. telling people to hate each other, yeah. telling people we need this fucking wall because these criminals are coming in, is right. not a dividing of us. Right. That we're worried it about is. trans They're reducing people our power. using the wrong bathroom. <laughs> Dude. Like, it's so <laughs> fucking obvious when you just sit back and look at it. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, and the thing is, is like, all this shit is... Uh, I mean, I usually I say when I watch a documentary, I'm like, well, I have to fact check. But like, I've already done it for the last five years. I've been <laughs> right. fact checking this documentary it. Yeah. and it's all 100 percent fact based. Like you, yeah. you can fact check the hell out of it. You can you can quibble here and there like you can with anything. But the the 90 percent of what this thing is trying to do is right down the middle. Um, And it's yeah, it's, it's I'm looking to see how the political pendulum swings in the next, next few two years. years are crucial they're I, super crucial not just for I, us but like there's like a lot of the world standing on the yes. edge like like i think this brexit thing is scary brexit uh, italy's got its own shit going it, on yeah like, 
the the West we we you know, I think the West was smelling our own fart so long that we thought it, it started smelling good. Um, mm-hmm. But we, man, like the 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 ten year challenge for the the entire the like the essentially all of the Western countries is not not been great, not been great. No. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> that is a hell of a documentary. It's it's good so far. It's at least making me think, mm-hmm. even if I don't necessarily think a hundred percent. I like the style, right? And uh, it's also it's like I just feel like I it's, like the content. There's like sometimes like there's some of these bald move, uh, like greater theories where like um, in selective enforcement on laws that no one believes in breeds corruption, like. I think mm. one of the reasons yeah, yeah. that we kind of looked that we've got this kind of Robin Hood fascination with people to do this stuff is because we all think that like drug wars bullshit and like speeding laws and some of these like traffic for like like a lot of our a lot of our day to day interfacement with law enforcement. And when I say law enforcement, I mean police, I mean prosecutors, I mean the justice system is bullshit. Like if you get caught up in it, it's a fucking nightmare mm-hmm. and, and 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 you hate it. Uh and it, it'll, but it allows people to like be distrustful of the government and of the system. It's like works at both ends, you know. Like having a war on drugs makes people not respect the law, which makes people think the law is ineffectual, which makes things people want to just give up. What's the what's the industry you hate the most? Is it the the justice system in this country? Because I mean, you look at that and you say, "Where's the rent seeking?" There, well, it's from you know everyone everyone in that whole system <laughs> yeah it's everybody wanting to like for every little bit every little drop of justice get a 50 dollar fine here and 150 dollar there and interest here and it's the only place where you can't it's literally impossible to compete mm-hmm. um and it has been that way since the founding of the government like mm-hmm. it's just that's inherently what a government is. There's, there's no well, competing. They compete through elections, but as I think we said in lunch, but the today, system as a whole, like there's no other we, system. We all, we also need to, re- but but we can reform that too because one of the reasons we have such terrible politicians because our voting system's terrible. Yeah, that's true. Like we talked about in lunch today, first past the post voting, which essentially en- ensures people vote for the per- vote against the person that scares them the most rather than the person that they like. You know, it it. it it's like just doing like a rank choice vote would instantly fix so many problems because then you would actually have a competition within a market rather like, you know, we've got this thing where essentially the only game in town is AT&T and Comcast. Yeah. So maybe one's a little bit better now. Maybe one's a little bit better then. But like you're never going to get like really agile systemic changes and then try to please the customers, which is us, the citizens, unless there's more competition. And right now, I mean, I've said this many, many times. Um, I don't think I'm going to link the Animal Kingdom video one more time, but it's a mathematical certainty. It's like a mathematical proved concept that if you have first past the post, which is how we vote, like, you know, here's all the candidates. You can choose one and you can't say this guy's your first choice. That leads to a two party monolithic calcified system. It's mm-hmm. it's inevitable. It's like it's like a, t- a, a game of tic tac toe. If you know the rules, it'll right. go the exact same way every single time. And so we need to fix that. Before I move on to the next topic, I want to uh, I want to engage in in an act of naked capitalism and yeah. encourage people to support club.baldmove.com. Uh, I tell you one thing that's been on my mind because uh, we record these on Friday afternoon after our lunches, which is our weekly kind of hang out with the listeners and answer the questions like we've had we've been on a historic run of lunches of late oh yeah i don't know whether it's uh all the bidet talk or whether it's like the excellent questions we're getting from the listeners but it's been a really good mix of fun and like meaty co- topics to talk about 
feel like I just been recharged from like the Christmas vacation and that still riding that high. Yeah. Yeah. Still having a lot of fun. That's, that's why they've been historically good. But all these features, including the spoiler filled reviews of the movies, including the ad free feeds, including the VIP forums, including uh, special features like Quip, which is which I, I've heard a rumor is a, a, a season will be beginning soon. Uh, all these features can be yours by going to club.baldmove.com. You can get a preview of these bonus features. Uh, some of them are, we got samples for free. And then you can also, all the time, go to club.baldmove.com, sign up for your first time, and get a free 30-day trial. So if you don't like it, cancel. Uh, and uh, you're, we're none the wiser. We're none the richer. We're none the poorer. And uh, that's, that's what we want you to do, club.baldmove.com. Do we want to talk more about this, or should we move to Lorena? I'll go to Lorena. Um, actually, no. We're going to go to documentary now. Documentary now. Our, yeah. Okay. This is going to be short and simple. This is a nice little uh, breather in between probably intensely political topics. <laughs> uh, I have not seen Wild Wild Country. I have. Which is where these cultists took over a town slowly. Yep. Up in Oregon. Sure. But I have seen uh, Batshit Valley. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Uh-huh. And Cecily was watching with me. This was like two-parter, so it's a solid hour. Uh, and she was laughing twice as hard, so I feel like... Because she has seen... She has seen Wild Country. And okay. she said, like... Because I was thinking, like, a lot of the, the a lot of the core conflict between ah. the townspeople and this spokesperson, I'm like, this has got to be... It's not... She's like, it's not really that exaggerated. No. No, not at all. Uh, it was shocking to me to see... You know, obviously they reframe some of the stuff like they weren't talking to vegetables or whatever but they were doing weird shit mm-hmm. uh that's sort of akin to that there was like definitely some some theories about whether i i think her name is rita mm-hmm. that she goes by uh the the actual woman who this ridiculous uh mm-hmm. cult leader character is based on but there there was some rumors of her poisoning the the spiritual guru uh mm-hmm. that he doesn't, you know, in the documentary, get run over by a car and then maybe disappear and be dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, he maybe goes back to India. I I can't remember if that's, like, conclusive or not mm. where he goes. But, yeah, I mean, beat beat for beat, they, they do a really good job of both following that Wild Wild Country documentary series and also just, you know, making it a farce, even more so than it is already. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's fucking delightful. Um... I the when they renamed the town Roger Bard's butthole. <laughs> I and then like the ladies ranting and raving how sacrilegious and of course the you news fucker. shows that she's coming out of Roger Bard's butthole, Oregon, underneath the rant <laughs> yeah. of her state. God, I laugh so you, hard. You you butthole. Uh people don't know this, but we play a game <laughs> called Charterstone. <laughs> <laughs> and and I so it's this like legacy kind of thing where you play twelve games over the course of X With the amount same of months. Six people, yeah. same six people, and each game builds on itself. The map starts changing, and... right? And so I win the first game, right? Everybody Yay is so fucking salty about me winning the first game that they named it like what? what was oh, that? everyone got to name their own priest, their own like part of the map, except right. for the lo- all the, the losers get to win to name the winners province, right? And I won, so you fuckers named it something like I, I can't Outer remember. Holia. Outer Butholia. Yes. That's what it is. So you find this fucking funny, do you? <laughs> I do. Okay. I do. I, yeah, I find that do. sense of humor right on. Uh, <laughs> but it's yeah. It and this is also it the, I think the, the first documentary that didn't have either um, 
yeah fred, fred armiston, armiston or, or bill Hader. yeah and I, I they're still like very much involved in like writing but on the Seth show but seth meyers wrote this wrote episode. The whole episode yeah so what do they even fucking do like I think producers just, i think this they're just getting like all like uh, hey saturday Night live guy that we that we know and love you want to come and work for us and yeah it's the way to do it man yeah it, do two it, seasons and it farm like it out having a hell of a lot of fun and it was still really good yeah uh, i'm not the world's biggest seth meyers fan but i thought right. this was well written yeah uh so i i mean yeah it's really great documentary now is a if you've not seen it is a fucking gym and if you like documentaries the more you're familiar with the underlying documentaries the funnier it is yeah but it also is funny if you haven't seen them for sure um but it yeah so there's there's two seasons right now this is the third one it's on ifc uh it's on demand if, if you've got that too so let us then now talk about lorena so okay i we last left Lorena. I've seen the first episode, and I was almost angry at how, like, superficial and shallow and, like, uh, very 1990s the coverage was. It was essentially a herder. A man got his penis cut off. Uh, look at everybody yeah. being squeamish about it. Look at everybody. Like, that NPR kind of way you talk about dirty things in primetime television where it's all, you know, euphemisms and... Uh, it's just I, I just like this is fucking annoying and I, I was about to write it off then I come in and Jim's like hey did you watch any more of that I'm like no he's like it's really good and then I heard Dan Harmon talk about it be, although it's funny because Dan Harmon said it's a Netflix original yep. like <laughs> asshole yeah like both like both the beast uh, this beast and Lorena are both prime originals but like mm. I got is Netflix kind of become the Kleenex of online services where people like will talk about shows as if they're on Netflix okay yeah um, that's bad if you're a Hulu Netflix or an, memes or an Amazon. online streaming. Yeah, it's fucking terrible for them. <laughs> yeah, like the word original, you think of Netflix in front of it. Anyway, um, and I heard of some other people say that, like, it's really good. And I think that what they did is the classic where that first episode is pitched right down the middle yep. of people's sensibilities. So they kind of like, oh, if you think that this is a joke or you think this or that then we're going to rope you in and then learn you a thing in the next three episodes because I I knew a lot, quite a bit about this case, and I had kind of a preconceived idea of what it would probably be about, but I had no fucking clue how yeah. really one-sided it, 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 it was. And the only way this John Wayne guy got away with anything is because our society was like fucking hell world. <laughs> yeah. Like, like okay... This woman had to fight a legal battle with only evidence of her marriage for the previous five days. All the other history of abuse that's gone on in the relationship, all shut up. She has five days to prove her case, mm -hmm. and she was still able to beat it. And I think, like, one thing that I found shocking, and I'd never heard this before, Lorena Bobbitt applied for protective custody the night before Bobbitt raped her one final time and she cut his dick off. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking this five foot nothing Latina comes in and I'm the city, I'm the, I'm at the, I'm the clerk of courts and she's got this signed statement that's, that's alleging that she's being raped and she's being beat and she's had police reports and all this other stuff. And the guy says, Hey, sweetheart, come back and file this when my secretary's around. I can't handle it right now. Mm -hmm. And then this next night, this guy gets drunk and rapes her, she cuts his dick off and the, the rest is history. Like, yeah. holy fuck. How, how is does this, that guy feel? How is this a debate? Uh, yeah, I think the best thing that this show does is it sort of like you, like you were saying, rope it opes you 
with i think it follows like the logical feeling uh of the time when mm-hmm. this happened and it kind of takes you down that rabbit hole of like haha dick cutting that's hilarious right. howard stern uh, making all these jokes and like oh who's who's real who's guilty here like obviously she did it she's yeah. gonna get convicted all this stuff but then it kind of veers off and and takes you past the story into uh-huh. the bigger story uh-huh. which is yeah that systemic uh you know um i don't know the systemic hardships that women face in this country yeah uh and i think that's probably the best thing it does cuz like i don't i don't know if the case is like all that interesting on its own uh-huh. but when you pair it with like the bigger ideas which the documentary does really well I think it becomes more important. I also thought it was good about how, like, you know, how can something like this happen? And throughout the coverage, you see faces like Geraldo Rivera, who got accused. Mm-hmm. Well, he actually admitted to groping Bette Midler back in the 80s. You see Matt Lauer's fucking face. And, like, up until two years ago, you asked, like, people about what their opinion on Matt Lauer. And, like, oh, he's, like, a liberal anchor and he's a defender of women's rights and stuff. And then you find yeah. out he's got, like... Uh, magic lo- self-locking button inside his office, and he's this, like, massive scumbag, but he's one of the ones that's... Comp- I mean, it just seems like, number one, the industry's full of bad men behaving badly, mm-hmm. but also trying to excuse it, and also the rest of us men who don't, you know, beat our wives, it's 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 very hard for me to conceive of, like, beating up, a, a, like, kind of anyone, but especially, like, a... Like, like Lorena Baba was this bitty thing, yeah. And John Wayne Baba looks like he's about 5'10", 6 foot. He's very muscular, solidly built. Yeah, he's a former Marine. Former like... Marine. And he's 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 slapping around, beating her up. Um, one of the weird, one of the crazy statistics they, they named, which I didn't know this, is that women are at most risk of being murdered by their, their partner when they attempt to leave in the attempt of leaving and the six-month window afterwards. Makes a lot of sense. So when women yeah. say... If I leave, he'll try to kill me. They're telling the truth. <laughs> right. Yeah, the statistics statistics bear it out. Because sure. it's like I used to like be a little bit like, you know, I'm sympathetic, but like, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to leave. You got to leave. But like I, I like it, it's very rare that things are like even worse than 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 I would have believed because I've been kind of conditioned to believe the, the, the worst of everything. And. I don't know. And it's like so funny because like I kept on thinking that like if Lorena Bobbitt was a Game of Thrones character, everyone would see her as heroic, right? Like, uh, like, if, like, yes. Like Arya murders her tormentors. Everyone's like, yeah, fuck yeah. And the only difference is I think that people like this. You heard so many is like, well, you should go to the cops or you should do this. You should do that. But like she just went to get a protective order and it's and, and, and was turned away like yeah. I, and again, like people kept asking, like, how much is too much? And they do this in the background. They must have showed hundreds of women that were battered mm-hmm. and like, you know, them with their children and them covered in blood and them with their eyes. Like, uh, and the, the fact that in the 90s, there there wasn't like battered women shelters. There wasn't um, any of these resources. And um, I don't know, because this is another one where I feel like this is kind of like, a, why are women afraid to leave? Because they 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 need the economic support of their spouse, and the worse the economy gets, the more they need it. They want a a, a father for their children, and I'm I keep on thinking that like 
if we had stronger safety nets where a woman that's beat can be like, you know what, I can just get out of here and I don't have to worry about finding a job. My kids will be fed for like a good amount of time. I'll have resources. All this shit is connected, you know, mm-hmm. like the economic policy or political policies, the way we view women, the way we treat uh, people that are abused and try to get help. Like this all it, it all comes in. But the, I guess to finish my yeah. thought is like I think that. The fact that most men can't imagine doing this kind of stuff and the ones that do do it tend to like minimize it. It it's just a it's it it sets up a system where it's like almost impossible for women to to win because they need the men who have all the power in the system at, at currently. We're vastly just like just what's 50-50 men women, but we have like 80 plus percent of actual leadership positions. They need our cooperation yeah. and if we won't listen then how the hell how the hell are they going to get it? Right. No, I mean, it's directly Cutting analogous to our economic system, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, I also it's, thought it was interesting, the intersection of religion in this, um, because we, 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 we saw the Awake magazines there, and uh-huh. we uh, the and we, they talked about her being, like, raised as a very staunch Catholic, where, like, divorce is, like, you know, the end of the world, and she saw this as, like, starting a family, and how that kind of, like, fucks with people. And I kept on thinking, like... You know, we live in a we live in a place in the country, especially used to where you'd go past like Church of Gods and like these like really fundamentalist religions. And um, I just keep thinking, like, I I wonder if we would see like these institutions as like when you pass those places, think about how many women are being beat and how many crazy race uh, raping uncles there are and how like that's the other thing is like the the the. They end up with John Wayne Bobbitt where they talk about his childhood and it sounded like hell. You know, sure, yeah. beat the mom. I mean, he, he got this past abuse passed down to him, sure. Right, which is another kind of like, how do you get... I, I don't want to excuse him because he's a he's a just a shitty yeah, person. For sure. Like, like I love the last image of him rolling off on this fucking shitty Harley with a Trump, <laughs> a, a Trump a license plate, you know? Yeah. Like, And he's like gotten in so much trouble since. Like, I... But but there again, like, I think it goes both ways. If we had ways where we could help children like John and families in that situation and where there's like multi-generation of just being fucked up, we would have less of the violence. It's I I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah, that's man. I, I guess I have I, I've thought less about it than things like the economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably something I need to think more about, because honestly, it's affecting just as many people if not more directly uh currently right and i just thought like they they had so many like they had like alan dershowitz saying you know cutting your penis off that's the last thing you do and they made this point where you don't you don't know what you would do if you've been anally raped for six months alan? yeah I, I mean yeah if i want to take it to you know, to compare the the economy thing and the inevitable civil war that I think is going to happen. Well, yeah, a civil war is also a last resort, but sometimes it's the only resort. Like, right. they they make the point in the documentary that this very well could be the only thing that would have made anybody stand up and take notice. And I think, right. like, you hear that time and time again from the women that they interview, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you you want to say that this is an unthinkable thing. But it's those very unthinkable things that actually have to happen before anybody's going to bother to care mm-hmm. because we need to put you at risk. You know, right. we've been the underdog in this so long that the only thing now that's going to change it is something radical. And right. that, you know, I I think it's still like a terrible act and I don't think anybody should do that. But sometimes 
radical things need to happen. And I do think there's still today, there's a lot of guys that want to, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's frightening how many times I've heard guys say something along the lines of, look, if a woman ever slapped them, I'd punch them in the face. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people out there that just don't understand the I don't know. On the one hand, it's like the same assholes that want to say, well, men are better than women because they're this and that. And they're stronger and faster. And like, are also the guys that like deny that that disparity exists when it actually the rubber right. hits the road. Yeah. And like, I guess us, quote unquote, good men need to like watch this shit and understand how bad it can be. Like, there are guys that are this bad. Um, and, and the way and, and, and they do things very craftily. Like, it's not like they come home day one and start beating the shit out of these women. It's like, it's it's a it's a very slow practice thing that they've learned usually from generations of watching it in their own families to treat, to treat women and treat themselves like this. And uh, we have to believe women when they say it. And I don't know? understand how being able to throw a football farther means that this other sex shouldn't be treated equally. Right. Like, wh- what is that? What is socially? That, how does that make you fundamentally better? than this other person or more deserving than this other person. It doesn't make any sense. Right. No. In fact, it's like, um, I mean, you're just holding down a lot of scientists, doctors, engineers. Uh, yeah. You're people can that make everybody's lives, society. including your own better. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't understand it myself. I think it's a pathology and, but it's, it's unfortunately there's a lot of guys who have been living in, like, there's been a lot more guys. I think that we're comfortable admitting that's been living in the gray areas of like, you know, maybe they're beating the shit out of it, but maybe they'll slap a woman. Maybe they'll emotionally manipulate. Maybe they'll threaten her money or access to money or their children. Uh, maybe they'll grope. Maybe they'll try to get a woman. Tri- like, there's all these things where they're, they're they are. And, and the ones that do that then want to, like, minimize and 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 make it the, the things that do, the people to do things worse. Uh, they want to minimize that because it makes themselves. But it's. Like I said, it's a fuck situation. The only thing we can do is like, I hate to say it's like that goddamn Gillette commercial that got everyone pissed off, (laughs) which is another sign that we're living in some kind of hell world is that we men, we have to be the ones to hold each other accountable and, you know, start conversations about Lorena Bobbitt and, you know, yes, let the jokes happen, but then say, okay, but uh, you guys, I mean, we should have these conversations and Jordan Peele's gave us an excellent vehicle to do so. Yeah, because the first episode's all about the absurdity of it. Oh yeah, and and, and I think it works well in doing that. I think he's br- actually now that I've seen the whole thing because like if he'd have turned me off, who gives a shit? I didn't need I didn't quote unquote need to hear any of this anyway. But like the audience he's trying to reach were the people that need to be persuaded. I think it's very smart, and he's a comedian. He's like, look. I'm not going to tell you that a dude getting his dick cut off and thrown into the field is yeah. not inherently a funny wrap, concept. Wrapped in a hot dog wrapper. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah, like like I'm, I would be lying if I said that this wasn't funny. Yeah. Now, after we've had all of our jokes, now let's take the situation seriously. Oh, my God. Right. Um, I mean, there was a forced abortion. Uh-huh. There was some crazy, crazy shit. And, you know, the thing is, like, he... Uh, if that one lady at the nail salon, I, I hadn't come for, I just felt, I feel like that, like, man, the, the protective custody thing should have been open and shut. But the, the lady at the, the nail salon that was able to testify to like what Lorena Bobby used to be and what she was that day and saw the bruising, like if she didn't come forward, yeah, Lorena, like what, what a cosmic injustice be if she did like 12 years in prison and, and John Wayne Bobbitt, his fucking post trial career is a goddamn farce. Oh, dude. Like I, 
Yeah, seeing the ways that he was trying to exploit his temporary fame, his 15 minutes, uh, and then getting taken advantage of over and over again was almost a comedy in and of itself. Plus, you can, I mean, they're the other poor guy. He's dumb as a box of rocks. And that's the other thing that kept, um, yeah. You compare to Lorena, and I also think of Lorena back then where she's like, you know, her command of English wasn't so good. And I uh-huh. also, you, you don't think about how fucking Dude, young she was. Defend your fuck yourself, like, right. In a, in a language you don't quite fully speak, yeah, like she, holy right. shit! And you see, but but you see, like fundamentally, how much smarter and more put together she was than this guy, because you see, like what they're doing now versus, and yeah. it's just it's just no no comparison. Um, does Howard Stern get any blow? Because like I've always had kind of like a neutral opinion of Howard. I was a Bob and Tom guy because you know I'm from Indianapolis and they're the home team. Sure. They're, um and you know like i always looked at like he's a shock jock he says stuff to like you know get people to listen and to make people laugh but like some of the shit that that was that was going on about particularly this case was pretty heinous like some of the things he was saying about like oh when he was interviewing john and being like oh yeah i don't think you raped her she's not she's she's her figure's not that great she's pimple faced and oh right yeah, yeah. yeah like go like just like i'm thinking like if i'm lorena bobbitt and i'm hearing this I mean, that's just, I, I don't know. I, it's like, um, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's retired, but like, boy, some of that stuff, looking back, some of these comedy routines and stuff were not, it didn't, it, it, people didn't have the best looks during. No, I mean, it, it was, that's, yeah, the shock jock thing has never appealed to me, saying stuff simply to get a rise out of people. And because it's, it's that cloaked, it's that cloak of irony, right? Like, mm-hmm. He can always say, look, I, obviously I don't mean anything I'm right. saying, but the people who listen to you hear that 15 times in a, every single week, right. and they start to think that way. Right. And yeah, so I, you're definitely contributing to the problem. And it just hardens people's opinion, because like I, the other thing I kept on thinking is, like, why didn't any of this information ever come out like in the media? Because I, I kind of paid attention. I think most people did. Um, and it just felt like the answer is because the news media is pretty much dominated by men. Some of them terrible men that we found out since, and they mm-hmm. essentially, uh, had an opinion where like, this is beyond the pale. There's no excuse for this kind of behavior, especially marital right. rape, which was kind of a, like, as we previously mentioned in the other episode, it was kind of seen as a joke throughout the country at that time. But, yeah. I mean, I, I'll say, I don't think there's any excuse for any of the behavior that happened on, on either side of this. Like, Right. It's, it's totally fucked up, uh, and in an ideal world, it, it would never need to be done. Uh, it should never happen, mm-hmm. but we don't live in an ideal world. Yeah, and I think that uh, we need better funding for these shelters. And I also think that's uh, the other thing that, um, you know, I don't uh, – that there's there's another hidden epidemic of men being abused by women. And it's not as like they're beating the shit out of them, although there is some of that, but it's more of like fucking with their economics, uh, re- inhibiting their access to – their children um and also yeah physical and emotional abuse and it should be much easier for people to pick up their children people men and women in those situations uh to pick up their their family and get temporary shelter so the authorities can settle can figure i don't think someone can, should just be able first one that went, runs to the police and says i've been abused wins but like i think that the authorities should take that seriously and should do an investigation and, and, and try to figure that shit out. It shouldn't be so, it shouldn't be so hard. It, you, people shouldn't be so fucking dependent on the other person not being a closeted asshole psychopath 
because uh, I feel like that's the only mistake Loretta made. Lorena, Lorena made. She married a guy that was a ticking time bomb. Yeah, and uh, well, maybe if we weren't too busy policing bullshit that right. doesn't need to be policed, we'd Again, have time the, for that. There's this great, like I said, this is all like this. There's there's all this inter this this stuff all comes back together. The economics, the sexism, yeah. the racism, all this stuff comes back to together in and and how we get people stuck into cycles they're in. So, um, that's a lot of television. Uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of bald move TV. I think, I think we're <laughs> Sorry. done. I think we're done. <laughs> we watched a lot this week. Uh, it's probably our biggest, our busiest week of television watching yet. I imagine we'll revisit the beast, the, this giant beast at some oh, point. I'll, be, I'll watch. Yeah. I'll probably For binge sure. it honestly this weekend. For sure. Um, and then we'll probably talk about that and then, you know, we'll have, uh, we'll look to see what's coming out next week. We'll have another, uh, first look next week and, and maybe deep dive on something, uh, Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. See ya.